Hello and welcome to the Surgical Spirit Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Haider Al-Hakim, the Third Eye Doctor. Pull up a chair and get ready for some candid and uncompromising discussion with experts, innovators, agitators, and influential people from every corner of health and well-being. From inside the hospital to at home in the kitchen, we're leaving no stone unturned in our quest to uncover the secrets of healthier, happier, more successful, and less stressful lives. Thank you so much for joining us, and without further ado, let's meet this episode's guest. Hello, Emil. How are you? Hello. I am very, very well. Thank you. Well, it, it's 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 a real pleasure having you on the show, and you know, I love it when I have celebrities on, and you're a celebrity, mate. Oh well, in internet pseudo celebrity on Instagram one time, sort yeah. of. How, how 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 did it happen? How how did your sort of celebrity thing happen? It was it was back when Instagram was was easier to hack. Um, it was back in 2015. Basically, I I was finishing my anaesthetic core training, and I decided I wanted to leave medicine to pursue a career in fitness and to do that i figured that people listen if you have abs so i went on a mission to get abs and i competed as a bodybuilder and during that time it was a little bit less what's the word it was less saturated Mm -hmm. so i had a story it was a little bit unique i got ripped and i was putting a lot of content out on instagram regularly and consistently so uh, the following shot up while I was competing, um, I mean, twenty thousand or whatever on Instagram is not. It, it doesn't do anything these days, but back then it was. It was quite nice. It was quite interesting. Was it sort of more male, female who are following you because of those abs? You know what? It's that standard gym thing. It's mainly male. Yeah. Like it's you know when you go into the gym, it's like oh you know looking looking great there, bro. All that kind of stuff. So it, I mean, it, it, people do this. They get into you know the whole gym sport abs thing. They're like oh I want to do it. So so girls you know think I look good or whatever. Girls don't care. Mm. Ultimate mm. secret. Girls don't care. It's for the other for the other bros. And ultimately, <laughs> it's for yourself. Yeah. You know, I've, I've all throughout my life, I've been lots of different shapes, lots of different sizes, done lots of different sports. And every time the only consistent feature was everyone was saying, you look fine now, you shouldn't change. Mm. And when you hear that for the 12th or 13th time, you're like, maybe no one cares. Mm. So mm. you're doing it for yourself. Like, don't, don't, don't kid yourself. You might start thinking I want to look sexy, but very quickly, you need to bring that motivation internally. Otherwise, it'll fizzle out. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's sort of strange that you do so so much for for other people that you don't really know at all, and it sort of consumes you inside. Yeah, you know, a recent well, I mean, yeah, for sure, a, a lot of the things that most people do a lot of the time, if you really dig, really boil down to it, are because of external influences. Mm. Um, whether it's an increase in status, whether it's to gain admiration or acceptance from certain people, family, parents, mm. other other medical professionals, what, whatever. If you boil it down, if you keep digging, that's that's ultimately what it what it comes mm. to. And you know, being a doctor is is a prime example because a lot of people get into being a doctor for 
a variety of reasons. Yeah. So sure. what happened recently, Emil? You were you were you're going to mention something that happened recently. So so I mean uh, you know dry, yeah dry, um, continuing on from that. So I got into medicine because of my dad. Mm. When I was 16, my dad said to me, you should be a doctor. My dad's a, an anesthetist, consultant anesthetist. Uh, he said to me, you should be a doctor. And at 16, I was like, yeah, that sounds pretty good. I quite like science. I quite like people. I'm quite good at exams. Uh, let's do this. My whole life is sorted. I pretty much don't need to think anymore. I just need to just keep passing exams. And I was good at that. So um, at 16, I did my GCSEs, did my A-levels, they were all fine, got into med school and just kept passing everything I needed to pass. Mm. I was very good at that. And then it was only literally 2014, 2015 where I stopped enjoying it. Mm. And you know what? Before that, I was enjoying it. I absolutely loved it. So, you know, there's no regret or anything about that, but something changed. Um, and what I realized uh, recently was that that was that, that I was I was doing uh, one of the bigger influences for me consciously or subconsciously was that I was doing it um, because because my dad said mm. you know and and n n nothing like you know he, he twisted my arm or anything like mm. that like I did it off my own back but that was a huge influence mm. and then since I've left I've always been trying to sort of succeed and prove that I've been successful mm. to prove that my choices are the correct choices mm -hmm. to prove that I haven't squandered what I've done in it. And, and I, so recently I kind of came to realize that that was one of my prime motivators. And now what I'm really working with is trying to turn that around mm. and do it for me, mm. um, which is a tiny, subtle, subtle point. But mm. you know what? It changes everything. It changes from constantly trying to, you know, please people and, and do more and be more and earn more to, to switching it around and saying, I am enough mm. and now I will do what I want to do and succeed. Mm. Mm. So, so, that, so back, back, back in 2014 when you said this is enough for me, was there a, a particular incident or did, did something happen, a particular story? Yeah, um, interesting that you picked up on that. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 it was clearly brewing for, for a period mm. um, and certainly fitness was an undercurrent for me for my whole life you know through university I worked as a fitness professional uh, in a gym um, I did a, a sports science degree as an intercalated de degree um, so I was always working competing in fitness and then obviously when I qualified I I that took a back seat mm. and then I was loving anesthetics literally it was my you know I, I got really stuck into the exams was doing those early you know loving it and then it kind of started to to sort of fall apart at the seams and it was then speaking to one of the bosses one of the consultants and them sort of saying that you know they've got uh they're the consultants they've got this private gig going alongside it so they're earning crazy amounts of money and they're still unhappy with mm. what they're doing mm. and for me I was like this is my goal this is what I'm aspiring to be and I don't think it's what I want mm. and for me that was enough as I said my just before we started my 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 goal is to wake up every morning excited mm. like I see no reason why that should be why that should be a ridiculous you know desire yeah. i want to wake up and i want to be excited about the day ahead and and you know while i went you know ct1 and ct2 for for the first part i was genuinely excited to go to work mm. learn more stuff put people to sleep you know do the emergencies i loved it mm. uh, and then it stopped mm. 
and when it stopped i was like right i need a get out plan i need a get out plan and within eight months i was i'd finished core training mm. and i was out basically was it difficult just to sort of walk away like that it was it you know what the nhs is not built for doctors to leave mm. um it's a it's a conveyor belt um and you know this is the, that was what appealed to me at 16 mm. because i jumped on the conveyor belt at 16 and and i didn't have to think anymore i just sat there you know everything was done for you pretty much when yeah. you need to apply for a new job they email you they tell you you know you need to apply for a new job click this button like yeah you know you just have to pick specialties and things and even that is is kind of you, you know you, you'd steer towards that so and and in the standard kind of i suppose doctor way i was very so i still did the exams i was supposed to do i still had a backup plan and when i left core training uh, the plan initially which I think is why I accepted it was I would take 12 months, I would locum mm. and then I could always go back if I wanted to, which mm. is the kind of the, the trick I was telling myself to reassure myself that what I was doing was okay. Um, so, you know, I minimized all my outgoings. I booked locums as soon as I finished, mm. I had saved up some money, you know, did everything to secure it. And then, um, I, I started off as a, as a fitness coach and I, and I was locum and that was three years ago. And, every day which passed since I left secured the fact that I was never going back to, to training. I mean, looking back sort of three or four years ago and where you are now, do you think would it, you would have done it differently? Would you just sort of jump straight in and not left those strands of um, uh, sort of ropes of coming back? You know what? I'm still locoming now mm. um, and I'm hearing different opinions within the business world because basically the last three years has been a crash course in business mm. um i n have known nothing about business mm. and i never had a reason to so these last three years have been a crash course and what being a doctor and locum in has meant was that there was never a sense of urgency because mm. i was always making good money mm. so that's a double-edged sword in itself because on the one hand i'm comfortable i don't need to you know, I don't desperately need to make money from fitness so I can cruise. Mm. But on the other hand, I'm comfortable and I can cruise. So I don't need to make des desperately make money from fitness. So, mm. you know, I'm not there's no sense of urgency. Mm. Um, so interestingly, now, as it comes to three years, I've got my reappraisal meeting on literally a week Monday. Mm. I revalidated for the first time out of training last year. And this is my my next cycle. Mm. Um, and I. I've got shifts in September and then from October onwards, I'm out of the country. I'm, I'm traveling. I'm, mm. I'm away. So I've kind of, I've still given myself a, a backup. Like I can mm. travel for 12 months and still revalidate. But mm. I truly believe that with 12 months of just focused business, mm. Mm. I probably possibly won't. Yeah. I mean, you've got such an immense, um, uh, old head on young shoulders. I think you know that's something that that's really impressed me and and um, some people just sort of take the plunge and sort of get into trouble and then work their way through it and I think it's um, you know this the sort of slowly uh, methodical process I think that's something that's that's part of you in essence I think so I've I've had advice both ways I've had advice saying you you need to drop your your safety net mm. to get the incentive to 
to, to fly. Mm. And then I've also had advice saying, no, you really don't need to crash and burn before you can succeed. You use your safety net, take full advantage. Mm. Yeah. And you know what? Fundamentally, I enjoy my day to day. I enjoy mm. what I'm doing. Mm. And if as a worst case scenario, I keep doing what I'm doing now for the next 40 years, mm. Mm. that's fine. Mm. You know, yeah, that's yeah. fine. Um, I, I want to progress. I want to keep doing more. I want to keep pushing for greater things. But I mean, ultimately, in the last 12 months, I've been away every single month, sometimes twice. Um, I'm off to Croatia tomorrow. I'm off to the States later on in September. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. You know, <laughs> it's working for you. It's, it's working for me yeah. exactly. Um, it's just I. I I'm also wary of, of sitting on my resting on my laurels and getting too comfortable because you know I can't remember the quote comfort is the enemy the biggest enemy of dreams or something like that mm. so yeah, I mean most medics are sort of restless and I think that's one of the biggest cause of sort of burnout is sort of between restlessness and overworking and not finding you know the sweet spot I like to use the word sweet spot rather than balance you know I'm not a fan of of that balance word, the B word. Um, I'm 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 interested in 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 the book that you wrote because um, you know that's a very methodical book, and it's a very. Um, I mean, I like the picture because you look like Hercules in those. Uh, <laughs> you know, in that book. I mean, interestingly, um, so the book is about high intensity functional training, mm. um, and it's effectively a literature review of the literature on high intensity functional training and it's uh and it's part in body composition and fat loss and one of the comments one of the reviews on amazon was there's nothing new in it mm. and i was kind of like literally by definition it's a review of the past literature there's nothing new in it i i could have told you that you know that's that's literally what it is it's not it's not telling you to do anything it's not saying that this is the new plan which is going to change your life it's literally a lit review you know like when you write for for university um and presented in such a way there's and the workouts in it are are taken from papers you know it's it's not it's not anything new but that's what i wanted it to be it was it was the evidence mm-hmm. for hit training related to uh, to body composition um, HIIT training is often used for fitness and whatever else but so we, we renamed it HIFT high intensity functional training and skewed it to body composition as a very very efficient way of doing it mm-hmm. um, so yeah no, I mean you know what since I've uh, since I left medicine I've done so many weird and wonderful things you know been in the process of setting up gyms been part of a clothing company written a book you know uh, been part of a nutrition coaching company and I always say to myself, worst case scenario, I, I've got a hell of a story to tell my grandkids, you know? Wow, yeah, yeah. And, and sort of what's, what's been the most exciting part of all these different sort of facets of your um, work? Uh, I mean, sort of comes out. It's, it's the, the total variety and total chaos that, that of this lifestyle. I mean, I, you know, people talk about getting into routines and stuff. I've been so far from a routine since I left. Mm. I, I couldn't tell you what I was doing next week, and no two weeks have looked the same. Um, I live four weeks in advance. 
you know, when I go traveling four weeks is when I book flights. I've not booked flights to, you know, to go to the States in two weeks, mm-hmm. you know, that, that kind of level of organization, because I, I don't know what the, what's going to happen. I don't know the dates. So that, that in itself, the, the total crazy, crazy variety, you know, shooting in different countries, mm-hmm. um, shooting in costumes, shooting in different cities, doing videos, um, as I said, writing books, working with different people, meetings, conferences, lectures, talking, just, you know, it's been a hell of an adventure, hell of an adventure. Um, competing, you know, just, just, it's just And crazy. it's quite interesting how things just fall into place. You know, you think it's sort of chaos, but it's actually order. Yeah, 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 for sure. And, and you know what, chaos isn't a negative, a negative mm-hmm. thing. And it's something that is present and unavoidable and it's a case of embracing it and i suppose once you embrace embrace it it becomes order mm, uh, mm, mm. yeah but, i'm I, you know we 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 have just so limited knowledge about you know the wider aspects of of this nature and and you know this universe i mean even just the body we were sort of still a bit dumbfounded and and you know still arguing about different organs in the body you know let let alone ordering chaos and sort of the way the universe works which is um quite mind-boggling and, and i think once you sort of tune yourself into that you kind of let go and that's the key is letting go and not not building up this tension about things that you can't control things that don't matter just 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 let go and that's i think you know, bringing it back to burnout, a big issue with burnout is people, they get, they get tense, they get het up about a lot of different things. And most of them can be processed and, and almost removed from the equation. Um, but especially in medicine, we just get hammered by so many things all of the time that it's difficult to, and we, we take on more stuff all the time and it's difficult to, to rationalize it and, and focus, I suppose. Yeah. And, and being in, in an environment where everyone else is in that, frame of mind it's actually very difficult to get out of it how 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 do you think you got out of that frame of mind what was it that got you out of that uh boxed mind i think the freedom Mm. of of you know as i said i've i've i came off a conveyor belt where um everything was set out for me and and you know whatever choices i made they kind of led to a a similar kind of place Mm. um whereas it, the, I mean, it was kind of discovering the, the the greater world. It was like, wow, I can, you know, do anything, be anything. I, I can do whatever I want tomorrow. I don't have to go to work. I don't have to do anything. Um, and I think once you get to to that, you kind of get overwhelmed and then you almost you're almost forced to rationalize because otherwise you will break. Yeah. And you know what? I've I've you know, I'm not ashamed to admit I've broken a few times in the last three years of just sheer you know, overwhelm, doubt, whatever else. And, you know, total, like, just a mess of a human um, multiple, multiple times. But I don't regret it. I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't, you know, it was all part of the process and entirely, entirely required. So when you're in that position, what did you do to get out to, to get out of it and sort of find sane sanity again? I mean, I suppose having an overarching direction Mm. and I don't like the word goal per se because goals tend to change Mm. or you achieve them. I don't know which is worse. Mm. Um, 
but having a direction having a purpose and having a reason means that little setbacks little things they're they're okay because you can you can almost justify them because it's it's fine because you're still aiming for a for a for a greater purpose but more again more recently the the big thing which i've come to sort of realize and learn is that it's not about the goal it's not about the direction it's about the day-to-day the process and if you love the process if you enjoy the process then you know you might still become overwhelmed and break down but you you can learn from it and you can improve and you can get back on track because you fundamentally love the process mm-hmm. yeah it's 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 interesting I, i'm i'm a fan of uh, gary vaynerchuk and and you know he loves the grind you know he loves it uh, essentially he loves you know working 20 hours a day and seeing his family one or two hours a day and 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 the rest of the time you know he burns out daily but he loves that process and it's sort of going back um to those we can call them micro goals just to get you back on to sort of um the right direction um i mean for me the thing that gets me back is is reading philosophy and just sort of reading particularly the um you know the old philosophers and increasing my perspective and my uh, broad awareness of what's going on that kind of grounds me and brings me back after I've gone off and and uh, associated with the mind um now you read a lot of books you know sort of your instagram's full of um really interesting books where where, where did that come from i don't know where it came from i've always <laughs> I think I've always, when I was young, I used to read loads, you know, sit down and read the encyclopedia standards, you know, kind of geeky <laughs> little kids thing. And then, you know, got got too busy or whatever that means, being a doctor and whatever else, and then hustling and, you know, the grind for the last couple of years. And then I met a few people who sort of talked about that kind of classic cliche of entrepreneurs reading a book a day or mm. a book a week or whatever. And I was like, well, you know, they you know these guys are super successful let's let's try and implement that and every book that i've read has given me so much mm. that it is a travesty that i'm not reading more mm. so despite me fitting in reading and learning to every second of my day it's still not enough mm. um you know i've got audible so i'm listening to books whenever i drive mm. i've managed to get up to times 2.5 times 3 speed wow um, like crazy and you know what if it accidentally slows down to normal speed I, they sound drunk they sound slurred I'm like I can't I can't comprehend this but so so that's audible and then I've got Blinkist which is 15 minute book reviews okay um, does that is, work is that is that helpful it's a nice adjunct you know um, if I find a book which I really like so I've got these books in my head which I really want to read and those I'm going to do properly on Audible or, or hard copy mm. but the ones where I kind of I don't know then I'll listen to them on Blinkist mm. and then they'll give me the, the, the idea is that a book has one concept really mm. and the rest of it is fluff to make it publishable to make it sellable so if you can grasp that one concept mm. you've got the book mm. like if you're reading a book and you you feel you've got it just stop you don't have to finish the book mm-hmm. same with blinkist if you get that core concept then you're good you're done and all of my posting about books 
and you know I, I do a lot of sort of behind the scenes summarizing them trying to crystallize them not only into what the book is trying to tell me but fundamentally what I can implement from the book because otherwise it's just it's just pleasant ideas and mm-hmm. everyone reads all these books but if everyone read you know uh, how to become a millionaire and everyone was a millionaire then it wouldn't that that's not what happens so it's not about just reading the books it's about taking something away and actually doing something about it mm. so that's that's where all my sort of posting and, and other stuff comes from so uh, the more i read the more i want to read the more i realize there is to learn and yeah my my audible is crazy i keep having to buy extra credits because there's just so many books <laughs> i want to i want to read I mean, I buy books, but I don't actually listen to them. <laughs> it just sort of gets bigger and bigger. It's like, oh yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's 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 interesting that you you do need actionable steps afterwards, and that's something that a lot of people know about, and it's sort of they just it just doesn't happen. And and do 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 you have any tips for that? People actually actioning. I mean, it's a difficult one, but they say that knowing something and not actioning it is worse than not knowing it oh dear so you know because if you don't know it, at least you can claim ignorance but if you know it and you're not doing it then there's something else there's some other disconnect so i mean for me it's just constant evaluation re-evaluation self-reflection and everything has to kind of come into the structure of goals and direction like there's nothing wrong with setting goals i have no objection to that Mm. so long-term goals you know five ten years three years one year months whatever but the further away the goals are the more they're going to change the the vaguer they're going to be and you have to remember that they're only ever going to give you a direction but Mm. once you've got that direction then whatever you read in a book you can work out how to slot that in Mm. to what you're trying to achieve Mm. and once you've done that then it's just the case of building that into your your literal day-to-day life and how can you do it Mm -hmm. um so i'm constantly writing bits on cards i mean i've i've got quotes and things all around i mean i I don't even know which one but they're they're literally all over my room just little quotes little things to implement i mean i've got Mm -hmm. my one of my mantra is on my phone on Mm -hmm. the back screen and then when i read something about uh Tell us about a quote today that that sort of really moved you and thinking that's going to change your something that has really caught your eye. I mean, uh, what have we got? Okay, so so one that that again recently has been um, has been crazy for me is you can perceive the what was it exactly? You can either be afraid of the of the unknown, or you can be excited about the infinite possibilities. Mm-hmm. So it's it's you know you can either fear the unknown of the future, you don't know what's going to happen, you can be scared of it, or you can reframe it and look at it as infinite possibilities and get excited. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that because the unknown is huge mm-hmm. from you know from what I've gone from to what I'm where I am now, it's all unknown. As I said, I don't know what I'm doing next week, and I was getting a lot of anxiety, a lot of issues with. Mm-hmm just like you know shit 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 sorry um so so for me just reframing that mm-hmm. and changing how i thought about it, it literally changed my life mm-hmm. i mean it you you're thinking away anxiety because mm-hmm. anxiety is often yeah fear of the unknown and if mm-hmm. you can just change how you look at it mm-hmm. i mean mental health is huge mm-hmm. um even subclinical whatever that means mm-hmm you need to spend equal time working on that as you do on 
um, on her physical health. Mm-hmm. And that was another big revelation for me was, was, you know, you do nutrition, you do training, you know, you get shredded, but unless your, your head is in the right place, mm-hmm. then you're, you're, you're half a human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's such a massive thing that mental health and uh, bodybuilding and the fitness industry. And I think, I mean, are they realizing this at, at, uh, slowly? No, really, really. Emil uh, shaking his head. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, not in the slightest. I mean, the, the, you know, one of the biggest things I kind of realized was a lot of people say, I'm going to get ripped to get happy, to become happy because, when I get ripped, then, you know, X, Y, Z will happen and I'll be happy. And actually the more ripped people get, the more potentially obsessive and neurotic they get. Mm. And actually when I was, you know, morbidly obese, Mm. um, I took my top off, didn't care. Mm. And then two weeks out from competition, maybe at 6% body fat, I was, I thought I was out of shape and wouldn't take my t-shirt off. Mm. Um, it's all in your head. Like it's, it's all in your head. Um, so yeah you really I mean beyond the fitness industry and in life yeah. you, you need to work on that side of things I mean it's interesting because you see these individuals who look amazing who look fit even even the CrossFit individuals you know super fit doing amazing uh, feats of uh, physical uh, endeavours and yet they're kind of messed up inside and that's interesting yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to, you know, generalize and say that all people who... Of course, of course. Of course. But, you know, I think it's it's universal. And, and certainly what I would say is my experience as someone on Instagram who has abs, you look at them and you think they've got their, their, their mm, together. They really don't. Most most don't. They're, they, they're just normal people with normal insecurities, probably amplified by the fact that they're on social media uh, with this perceived pressure or, or constructed pressure on themselves, um, I'm 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 interested about your journey into um, the fitness competition. I mean, t- tell us about that. That that was quite amazing. Yeah, I mean, that was that was literally initially a calculated plan. It was uh, right. I'm leaving medicine to get into fitness. I've got loads of qualifications. I know the science. You know, I've done medical degree, sports science degree, personal training qualifications, worked in a gym, whatever else. But now how do I make people really listen to me? And it was right, let's get ripped. And me being me, let's take that to the extreme. So let's let's compete. Um, and it wasn't until I met a uh, Sean Stafford, a fitness guy on Instagram um, in Cardiff Sports Nutrition, actually, at, a, at an open day thing in February of 2015. And he said, you should compete. And I said, okay let's do this <laughs> so then april of that year and may of that year i competed and i was actually at the same time revising for um, anesthetic oski oskis and vivas wow. and that was that was horrendous i was driving two hours a day to work working what, 10 hour days whatever up at four wow. revising for my exam training in the morning driving to work working getting home training again going to sleep it was it That's needed crazy to that it needed to be done to to experience it. I mean, it's a bit like when 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 I did charity work in Iraq. It was it was horrendous, but yeah, I I I know what you mean by needed. You just had to sort of get on with it and and feel it and understand it, and hopefully that will benefit other people who sort of will go through it as well. And um, so was there any supplements involved was there any steroids involved or was it just 
eating you know the chicken and doing lots of hard pushing and pulling so for me because the goal was never to win mm. as in i didn't care about winning i had the the insight to to realize that actually i was looking to appeal to and market to lay people mm. which meant that if they saw me on stage looking awesome in my tiny pants then that was enough whether i came first second ninth or tenth no one knew or cared um, no one knew about the federations no one knew about what the competitions meant no one knew about any of that no one cared so for me the 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 vast majority of the effect was just getting to stage um, so in that regards it was just severe hard horrible diets mm. um, and then all the sort of usual supplements mm. you know creatine protein mm. uh, multivitamin vitamin d omega-3 fish oils mm. Um, that was yeah, that was pretty much it. And I mean, it, it was it wasn't a walk in the park. It was brutal, um, absolutely savage. But yeah, it was uh, yeah. Gonna do it again? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> um, you know, it, so interestingly, so I did it for I, I initially did it for this marketing thing, mm -hmm. and I I did a lot of photo shoots as well because that was that was the main goal. Um, and then I got caught up in the in the cycle of doing it. So 2015, I competed. 2016, I competed. 2017, I competed. And the the diminishing returns were huge. As in, once you've got a picture of yourself on stage in pants, mm. it loses its effect. So I got my Instagram following from the first in the first six or twelve months. After that, it pretty much plateaued because it was nothing new. There was no new story. There was no interest about it but you get caught up in this cycle of you have to keep doing it um so my business was basically not really doing anything because i was focusing on on competing and physique and diet and then last september um basically everything changed i finished competing i got i went on a, a, a to a networking event which escalated basically and in the last 12 months my everything has just it's hit an inflection point and it's it's gone crazy and that's from totally forgetting about competing still training still eating well but significantly fatter that's an awful word but with significantly more body fat than i've ever had um but much less dietary obsession not focusing on training and, and focusing on business did, so did, did, you, did you meet a particular person or did you go to a particular event that sort of changed the way that you yeah it was it was a hugely mar marked change as in basically i did a photo shoot at the end of august mm -hmm. and that was my last shoot ever actually mm -hmm. and i was and where i was shooting was where a final was being held for a federation and i looked at the top five and i was like right i'm going to compete next year and i'm going to do it i'm going to do it properly i'm going to you know i'm going to win so I was ready, you know, ready to go, going to start preparation on Monday. I was going on this four-day event. Um, it was with six guys who I'd never met before. It was a, a total, you know, cold call, just, you know, do you want to come to this event? There's six guys from different industries. We're just going to hang out in Italy. We're going to learn some stuff from each other. And then, you know, that's it, basically. And I was like, all right, cool. But I need to come back a day early. I, I, you know, I can only go for three days. Um, and I've got stuff to do on Sunday and then Monday I've got my meeting to try and work out what I'm going to do next year for competing. So I went to this three-day event. Two of the guys were Amazon sellers, e-commerce. One of the guy was, guys was a copywriter. 
so he was he's like 19 he was reading a book a day and he's like a millionaire so he was the one who inspired me for that um there was a software developer and then there was a dating coach and i was the fitness person so the three days two of the guys signed up with me for coaching and they were like we've got another event in three weeks uh, it's in marbella in spain and we're going to drive there from rome italy do you want to come and for me that was the most terrifying moment of my life mm. um it was against everything i'd ever wanted to do this sort of impulsive scary i had to cancel a few locum shifts i had to cancel a fitness expo i was speaking at for me it was totally against it was just totally bizarre but fundamentally they were basically saying what you want to do is become a fitness coach this is going to allow you to do it so if i had said no at that point i might as well have given up mm-hmm. so i rationalized i you know it was the most terrifying three weeks of my life but i said yes so a three-day trip turned into a three-week trip and that totally changed my changed my mind changed my outlook i didn't go to the meeting to to compete the year after and i never even had a thought of competing again and it, and it's it's interesting when you have that fear and yet you do it you know it turns into a muscle and you start thinking what well, well, well actually fear is um it's bollocks basically it was it was exactly that and you know what people say about well where do you get these opportunities from it's not about the opportunity tease is about saying yes yeah it's yeah. about everyone gets opportunities not many people say yes they rationalize it in their head i so easily could have said oh i've got some shifts to do i've got this thing i have to do i could have a million times over rationalized it and said no um but i didn't for whatever reason and i said yes and as i said it literally changed my life because people i met there then suggested other events i went to visit one of the guys in bangkok and bali um i went to croatia and romania to further events from that event i mean literally everything that's happened to me in the last 12 months started from that event every single trip everything has in some way you could draw a line back to that event from the people i met to the people i then got to know to to everything so Mm. that that me saying yes then was was a quantum leap it was literally from there to to exponential and it's still growing yeah and it's and it's 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 taking yourself out of the the usual environment and it's sort of that you just took yourself out for, for for one reason or another and it just sort of changed the way you look at everything changed everything i mean prior to that i'd been associating with medical people then fitness people and then business people and actually i realized business was where i wanted to be fitness to to be successful in the fitness industry you have to run a business Mm, mm, mm. it's it's next level i mean you can be a coach you can be a technician and then you're self-employed that's great but if you want to really succeed you need to run a business Mm. which means you need to take a step back from fitness almost because a business is is universal is um, so that's what I that's what I learned, and then just you know having these people around me all the time just kind of kept expanding what I thought or realized was possible, and the you know every, everything like just kept growing and growing like just crazy. Yeah, but like your muscles, mate, they keep growing. Oh, honestly, <laughs> people, people, honestly, you can you can expand your mind and your mindset infinitely. People don't realize that. Yeah, yeah, mate, you got big muscles. How how tall are you, mate? Uh, I'm six foot four or one nine four centimeters. Bloody hell! Yeah, I mean I'm barely uh, five seven with some shoes, so um, yeah, it's not fair. But hey, you know it's it's just muscles. <laughs> <laughs> it's just muscles. I mean, it's interesting about business how 
um, business maybe gets a bad name, but um, everything happens through business, literally. You know, the whole the whole world changes, the whole um, amazing inventions and and sort of leaps and bounds in in human endeavor come through business and. Um, I had a discussion with a management coach. She does really, really good workshops in in Australia, and you know, doctors need to be so business savvy, so and business we're not, savvy. We're not in the slightest. Yeah, and you know, there must be a way of spending. I, I don't know, seventy percent business, thirty percent medicine for medical students. You know, just to give them that sort of sense of creativity and the sense of. Um, openness and you know keep adapting yeah you know and keep changing I mean that that was one of the big differences was the creativity because you know medicine for right or for wrong is is very much guidelines and you know specific rules and and a very structured approach and that's that's fine but when you step out of that and look in the business world then literally you can do anything and it will either work or it won't. Mm. And if it doesn't work, then that's feedback. Mm. Um, and there's no one else to blame. There's no one to, to complain to. It's literally what you have done hasn't worked. Yeah. So you need to improve it. And that is it's brutal, but it's beautiful as well. Brutal and beautiful. That's sort of a wonderful way of, of looking at it. And, um, you know, it, <sighs> we keep pointing the fingers as physicians don't we we're always pointing the fingers and, and yet we don't point the fingers at ourselves at all or very few of us do i mean there's a book called extreme ownership um and it talks about blame yourself for everything mm. if someone walks up to you and punches you in the face blame yourself and work out why mm. and that it's an extreme approach but it's about taking responsibility for 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 everything and for what you can control and and ignoring anything that you can't control. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, I highly, highly recommend that book for everyone. So g given that we're sort of talking about books, what are, what are these sort of three top books you'd, you'd advise um, doctors who are sort of thinking about changing or moving on or, or just sort of leaving medicine? So, so uh, Mindset by mm -hmm. Carol Dweck is literally a Bible. Um, it's you'll you'll read about the concepts from that book in most other business books, and this is the core. This is Carol Dweck is I think she's a PhD. She literally came up with this concept of the growth mindset. So that book is one of the core texts. As a I sort of like to talk about it. Um, apart from that, there's a book called Principles by Ray Dalio. Um, it's it's about business and it's about how he grew his business, but more fundamentally about uh, more fundamentally than that, he talks about the principles that he governs his life, both individually and, and then as a team and as a business. But he talks about uh, concepts such as uh, meritocracy. If you're good, then people should should you, you should have more more believability. He he calls it so. People have believability because of what they've done, because of what they say, because of what they do, not just arbitrarily because for whatever reason and you know it kind of he, he talks about democracy versus meritocracy and it's it's super super interesting but he also talks about things like radical transparency and uh, 100% honesty and all these things are again core concepts that you'll hear about in other books and in memes and whatever else but this is the book where they came from this is the guy who came up with them um, and finally there's a book called Mind Over Medicine 
by Lisa Rankin. Uh, she's a doctor, MD in America, and she left medicine to because it wasn't for her, literally due to burnout, and eventually sort of came around in this big circle and went back to practicing as a as a healthcare practitioner, um, having discovered how how important the mind was in physical manifestation of disease, mm. and. I mean, it talks about sort of, I hate the word holistic. I hate the word holistic, but holistic wellness. <laughs> um, so it talks about nutrition and, and exercise, but also the power of the mind in controlling all of these illnesses. And it, it I'm hugely cynical and I work in A&E all the time so you know that's 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 my grounding but that book i mean it changed how i viewed how why I viewed. do you hate why do you hate holistic and well come on i can no, you hate no. holistic i i love the concept i hate what the word has become oh so what does it become now that you sort of you hate about it, it it's it's kind of become this kind of like you know airy fairy woo woo kind of holistic medicine is is, is pseudo medicine mm. and what I perceive holistic to mean is it that it covers all the aspects. It's not just you have diabetes, here's some metformin. It's you have diabetes, let's look at what exercise you're doing. Let's look at um, what you're eating. Mm. Let's look at why you're doing those things. Mm. Let's look at the anxiety you know mm. that, that you're living with day to day, which is causing you to eat crap food and not move. Mm. Let's talk about absolutely everything mm. And let's fix you inside out. The problem is that the modern NHS isn't built to mm. to provide this, mm. and that was one of the big reasons where I was like, I can't. I, mm. I'm not fixing people. I'm just giving them, giving them. You know, here come in with an MI. Here's have some aspirin yeah. instead of right. How can we stop you having an MI? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's medicine's changed so exponentially over the last forty, you know, forty, fifty, sixty years, and the NHS now is totally different from when it was before. Um, I do get what you mean because people use that word loosely and that's the thing they use words rather than action and as you said it's all about the action it's all about the results and a, a lot of people just using it for sound bites and just sort of getting on the bandwagon and you know I totally understand what you mean by hate um, and the same with wellness. I mean, it's become another false god. You know, whenever you want to sort of see someone, they say, well, it's, you know, providing wellness, whatever that means. And everyone is, is not well, you know, and uh, people are going through a lot of internal anguish. And um, but having said that, you know, uh, transparency. I mean, that's another word, isn't it? I mean, it just gets banned. I mean, we were in the NHS and all they talk about is all these values and all these purpose and it, it's just words it totally is words and then you get that sense of hypocrisy inside thinking well I can't work in this hypocrisy you know I mean exactly there's a lot of a lot of words and and the action and it goes back to implementing mm. anyone can read a book anyone can say anything mm. Which is why I kind of keep retreating into my shell because I'm just kind of like, look, I'm not even going to say anything. I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to do. Like, yeah. no one needs to know. I'm just going to do. And when people start appearing with results, then they can talk yeah. in retrospect about what has been done yeah. or until I produce something, whatever. But I'm not going to say I'm going to do X, Y, Z. I'm going to be radically transparent. I'm going to be whatever. I'm just going to be it mm. and not say it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that's very powerful. And, you know, results speak. If, if we can go back to sort of goals, is there an ideal goal that works best? Is it sort of a daily thing, a weekly thing, a monthly thing, a yearly thing? Or is it just it, it's just so fluid? It has to be almost a chain because you have to visualize what you want in even 50 years time, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years time. You need a long term. Where do you want to be in your life? Because then and that that's going to change because so many things will change in that time. And then you need to bring it down. So what's my what am I going to do in the next 10 years that's going to achieve my 25 year goal mm. and then once you've got that you can break it down right what am I going to do in the next five years what am I going to do in the next three years or what would it look like in five years if I was on track to achieve my goal mm. and then you keep coming down to three years one year and you just need to regularly review them mm. um, just to make sure that they are still aligned with what you actually truly want and not what other people want you mm. to want mm but what you truly fundamentally want. And these goals really shouldn't be, I want these things, I want this much money, I want this car, because that's when you're gonna trip up on goals. Like, people say they want a Lamborghini. I promise you, within three weeks of having a Lamborghini, you'll be bored of having a Lamborghini. Mm. You'll want three Lamborghinis, you'll want a yacht, whatever. The, the material goals are almost irrelevant, it's about I mean, there's another exercise which I love to do, which I heard from a good friend. It's called the perfect day. If you could visualize the perfect day without any real world limitations, like literally your perfect day from what you do, what time you wake up, what do you see, what do you smell, where you are in the world, um, then what do you do, what do you eat for breakfast, then what do you do, then what do you do, and broken down into fine detail. Once you've got that, then you can kind of work out what your goal actually is mm -hmm. because it's often not physical material things it's mm. it's things which are actually not that that far away and not that difficult to reach yeah i mean it's already here i mean i visualized having this podcast this whole day and and, and that made me really happy and i knew it was, it was going to be fun and and there there you are it's happened and it's it's happening and it's going to be around for a long long time for people to hear um let's let's talk about the nutrition i know that sort of a big big topic and there's lots of conflicting um evidence and uh, i know you know you've got um you're quite passionate about this <laughs> and you've gone through different stages and different evolution in your way uh in terms of sort of nutrition and sort of being physically healthy um could you sort of instill it in 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 some words of wisdom about the secrets of good nutrition yeah, I mean, basically, you want to build the big wide base of the pyramid before you start messing about with, you know, putting the, the cherry on top or whatever else. Mm -hmm. So when people are talking about, you know, meal frequency or low carb, high carb or, you know, having colorful vegetables in their plate or whatever else, mm -hmm. they need to think about actually calorie balance. Calorie balance is 70 or 80 percent. Mm -hmm of everything mm. whether you're looking for health whether you're looking to be crazy shredded um so if you're not looking after calorie balance mm. then you're literally missing the wood for the trees mm. after calorie balance you've kind of got food quality and macronutrient breakdown so carbs protein and fat mm. 
But until you're sorting out your calories, like you could be eating amazing, good quality food hmm. and still be unhealthy and overweight and, and you know, not good. So, again, it's, it's missing the wood from the tree. You have to bring it back, sort out calories, and then you can start building on top of that. Um, if body composition is your goal, then calories and protein. Those are the two that will get you 90% of the way there. Hmm. Uh, if health is your goal, then calories and food quality. So, by food quality, people laugh at the term clean food, healthy food, but we all know what clean and healthy food is. We're talking single ingredients, vegetables, mm. uh, you know, nuts, seeds, lean meats, um, if you eat meat, whatever else, um, but within a calorie, mm. within a calorie balance. So, yeah, I mean, that that's that's ninety percent of nutrition. And you know what? I joke to my clients. I say, look, this isn't about nutrition. I'll tell you everything about nutrition. Eat a little bit less than you need. There, that's mm. the nutrition part done. Now let's get to the real part. And actually the real part of nutrition is human behavior, human psychology, habits, um, and getting people to do these things and follow them and not be stressed by them. Mm. Um, so so that's, that's, the, that's the art of nutrition coaching. It's nothing to do with, with nutrition. That's the mm. easy Wow. And, and sort of how do we unravel? I mean, I know it's very complicated and I know it sort of depends on individuals and and um, how they they perceive things and they perceive their essentially self-worth when it comes to food and, you know, the way they eat it and the sort of behaviours. But are, are there common themes that you can kind of put your finger on? It's, it's complicated. It's, it's hugely difficult because, yeah. I mean, I kind of went from you know, in the, in the NHS treating public health, like trying to treat lots of people to being like, right, I'm going to focus on individuals yeah. and, and at an individual level, I can work out what makes them tick and I mm. can, you know, work out what works. I don't envy the task of public health to, to, you know, relay that to everyone. Mm. Everyone will go on their all their own journey. And in the current modern age, all of the information is available out there. There will be something which will click with them, whether it's coaching, whether it's, you know, a relative getting ill or whatever else mm. that will just click and then they'll get it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, that's the importance of coaching and the importance of having someone who knows what they're doing. Uh, and, you know, I think being a doctor and someone who's experienced all these different myriad of situations, I think that's sort of really essential and um um yeah i think that there, there needs to be more people like yourself out there i think um that's something to sort of aspire to have you ever thought about that people I mean, sort of more more goliaths out there <laughs> it's it's the thing is is there's also people need to be willing to change um, you know, I, I don't hard sell my coaching at all. I literally just am there and people come to me because if I'm hard selling, then people aren't in the process. If people come to me, then they're at least at that stage of change where they're open to uh, open to it. And if if given given all of that, then then, you know, there's no reason for 100 percent success rates. There's no, there's no reason for that not to happen. Mm. Um, but I, when you're starting to look at the masses, then then huge percentages are going to drop off very, very quickly for, for a million and one reasons. Mm. Um, and you know what? Ultimately, people need to take responsibility for themselves. Mm. Um, th th there's only so much that, that we can do as, as a healthcare system. It's like the information's all there free. The food is all there. 
<laughs> we can only yeah. do so much. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, absolutely. Um, now you have a, a European name. Uh, where's that from? Yes, um, it's Serbian. I am entirely Serbian. I was born there. My parents were born there. Um, when did yeah. you come over? When I was two. Wow, okay. So my dad came to the UK to train as a doctor. Um, we came over as well. And then I think two years after we arrived, the war started in, in former Yugoslavia. Mm. Um, and initially the plan was to go back at some point and then obviously that happened so we didn't mm. um, and and here we are did, did, did you ever go back and sort of see family friends and yeah we've been a few times um, but you know sort of over the years people have, have left there's not really much mm. much left family wise you know there there's there's a few of them are in the UK and Germany and mm. um, so we've we've got you know a nice network but um, we go back to Croatia a lot because it's the same language and it has beaches so that's where i'm going tomorrow um but not not so much serbia yeah i mean it's an amazing you know part of the world you know the um the land and it's very fertile and um lots of beautiful people there as well yeah no i i need to go go back on my travels at some point um and have a look at it properly but it's just been a whirlwind uh last couple of years and you know you're a you're a um, a professional traveller, aren't you? The last twelve months has been crazy. Um, you know what? I arbitrarily set myself a goal to to be in, uh, to be out of the country every month for the next twelve months. I didn't know how I would achieve it. I didn't know, you know, it it wasn't didn't mean anything. But it's happened. You know, just however it's happened, it happened. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, what month was it? August. I've just come back from. Barcelona. Mm. Um, I'm going off to Croatia, Spain, then Bali, Thailand. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sitting still. And where's your best place you've ever been to, and why? I mean, it was that. It was that place in Rome was was where everything kind of started. Mm. Um, and and you know what? I've I've not explored even a fraction or a percent of the world to be able to. Um, to be able to make that call, so uh, yeah, hold, uh, watch watch this space. But I mean, there must be some place that's really sort of yeah, this place is. I'd love to come back here again and again and again and again. Well, I mean, so um, Bali will be the second time this year in Bali, and likewise with Thailand. I was in Thailand um, and Bali both at the beginning of the year, um, and I'm going back to both now. And I'm probably going to spend the winter in Thailand, to be honest. Wow. Yeah, I mean, they're they're just so welcoming. They're sort of welcoming people. And if I work online, then it's set up for me to just work out there. I don't need to be in the British winter. Mm. Oh yeah, tell me about it. Um, I mean, you know, I'm married with kids, and I've I've got to find a way of uprooting all of these people and spending some time in the sun during the winter period. Um, what have you learnt from travelling to all these countries? What is it that really sticks in your mind? Uh, I mean, you know what? I go to these countries and I don't do the tourist things. I, I just absorb the culture. I do exactly what I do at home. I, I eat well, I train, I work every day and I hang out with good people and we have very good conversations. 
Um, it's just doing it in different countries around the world. And, you know, we go to local restaurants, we go to uh, local shops, we walk around the streets and just that is, is, is amazing. Um, and people say, oh, did you see X? Did you see Y? I'm like, no, no, I'll go back. I'll see it at some point. I'm not, I'm not worried about that. I can, what, I can look at it on Google, you know? <laughs> um, it's more about the, the atmosphere, the feel, the people. It's about the people, and the people just happen to be in these places mm. um, far more than, than specific locations. Like, I've never been a, a traveler. I didn't do gap years. I went on holidays most of the time, but, you know, for the last three or four years, I didn't, haven't been anywhere because I've just been, you know, hustling and grinding and all that. And then, uh, interestingly, just before I went off to Italy, and which started all this off, my dad said to me, you need to, you should go on holiday. And I said, no, no, I don't need a holiday. I like what I'm doing. And then in the next 12 months, I've been to, I think, 14 different places. Wow, wow. Were there any crazy moments you, you thought, shit, I'm, I'm going to be in trouble here? We've mainly stayed out of trouble, to be honest. And you know what? I'm not a... I'm not a danger seeker. I'm not an adrenaline seeker like a load of people. Like, I mean, I haven't ventured into to South America yet. Mm. Um, you know, you hear all these stories. Um, no, I, I've not. I'm not about. I'm not. I don't know. It's not for me. <laughs> but you know, you've been sort of diving in in caves and sort of really. Yeah. Know, how, how you know what would what would you do? How what was that like? Oh, I mean, the experiences are just incredible. I, you know, you can't even pinpoint just one. They're just, it's all, and it's not even about the experience. It's not even about, again, it's just back to the people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah. you know, they say you need to surround yourself with, you know, you are the average of the five people you, you hang out with or whatever. Mm. And I'm just like relentlessly pursuing these people just to... to <laughs> To well, gain. you can hang out with me if you want. You know, yeah, I can well, be one of your one of your five. <laughs> you know what's really weird? Like I, 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 I always tend to meet up with friends from the UK in a foreign country. So we need to pick a foreign country and we'll go meet up there. That that sounds really interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm up for that. Uh, traveling for me is actually seeing other people happy. You know, people that you visit, and and it's just amazing how they're living their lives. And you know, you think that they're in you know, bad situation or they're earning $1 a, a day or, you know, they don't have a pension, whatever, you know, they don't have Wi-Fi and yet you see the happiness and the energy and and the life in them and that sort of, those are the things that I um, uh, uh, remember. I mean, working in, you know, being in Iraq and, and, you know, just seeing the bus driver just being happy and driving his bus and, you know, he's been working for 12 hours and yet he's got a smile on his face and, and you know, these sort of moments really, really makes it for me in terms of traveling and um, being comfortable. Also the food, I mean, bloody hell, the food's just sure. amazing. You know, how do you count calories with <laughs> with that kind of food? How do you do that, Emil? You know, how do you sort of... So interestingly, my, my goal again from the start was to prove when I competed, to prove how how you could do you could get into shape despite all the excuses so i was working night shifts working mm. you know 12 hours sleeping four hours a night and still getting into shape and in the last 12 months that's expanded into i can travel really really regularly and stay in shape mm. and because of 
the nature of my clients my clients are living that lifestyle mm. more so than me they're eternal nomads mm. so they I, I get a lot more buy-in when i say i'm doing what you're doing mm. and this is how i'm doing it so it's you know the same principles apply it's you you focus down on calories you mm. don't worry about the fine details mm. um you use various tips and tricks to make sure that you're in a calorie balance over a week for example you know you don't you don't eat crap food you just eat good food yeah. um, and ultimately i believe that people can eat all the food they want without any stress or tension and stay in a healthy shape that they want to be in while eating whatever they want to eat mm. um, i think that's possible i think that's achievable and certainly that's what i shoot for with my clients mm -hmm. yeah i mean you know food is food if a potato is a potato a chicken's a, a chicken and sort of spices and everything else is just sort of extra and and um um but it's doing it i think that's the thing and not having the excuse not coming yeah. up with the excuses you know, is, is back, back to what we said implementing yeah yeah great um so we will be uh, editing this so <laughs> but you know I, I, I don't know whether the, the editor will edit this out or not um, so t t tell us about your latest project that, that you're working on. So there's a there's a few projects. Mm. Um, the the main one which has been on social media is uh, Project uh, Revitalization, mm. which is an eight week fat loss transformation. Mm. Um, and I hate all those words, but they 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 work. Mm. Mm. Um, it's a case of giving people. Or selling people what they want and then giving them what they need mm. so people love an eight-week transformation blah 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 you know they love a you know a good crash diet but actually people need to sustain it in the longer term and they need to learn the habits of how to mm. maintain it I mean put it this way weight loss is really easy mm. everyone out there has lost weight on a diet a couple of pounds over the first week or so whether they've kept it on or not, kept it off or not is a different matter but mm. everyone has lost some weight on some diet mm. the trick is keeping it off and that is that that is what we're trying to hack with this with this plan so it's eight weeks and then afterwards there's an ongoing uh, subscription that you're welcome to take on and we just keep instilling habits and keep throughout the whole thing the undercurrent is how are you going to sustain this this is a lifestyle this is the last diet you're ever going to need this is um the beginning of the rest of your life you know if the beginning of the end exactly that i mean you know <laughs> yeah, it makes it as flexible as possible while teaching people the principles so there's no these are the rules there's look you can eat anything you want but this is what's going to happen if you eat too much you're not going to lose fat Th these are your choices it needs to be a free choice it can't be a battle of willpower every time you see food mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and um, what are the other projects that sort of in the pipeline and uh, so the exciting bits and stuff? Yeah, I can't. I I don't know how much I can say about the other one, but uh, basically, I signed a contract uh, yesterday about for quite a big deal, um, and I'm going to the states in two weeks to finalize it and stuff. But it's going to go probably by the time this is out, it'll probably be out on social media. Um, but it's quite a big uh, step for me. Um, and this again came from network from the original uh, the, the original trip in September. Mm. 
Mm. Um, so I, 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 yeah, I can't say a huge amount now, but it'll be very obvious on on social media very quickly. Um, and I, and I, this is why I don't talk about it because I'm not like watch this space. It's just mm. like, look, it'll happen. It'll happen, and you'll see it, and it'll be fine. You, you're a man of results, uh, Emil. You know, and that's what it boils down to. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. I, I, I always ask this question right at the end. What's the naughtiest thing you've ever done, Emil? The naughtiest thing I've ever done. I mean, in my in my dad's eyes, probably leaving medicine. <laughs> yeah. You know what was funny when I initially left and I said I'm going to do A and E. That was sacrilege. That was the end of the world. Yeah. You know, gone from anaesthetics to A and E. Blasphemy. 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 And then that was kind of just the the gentle slope into <laughs> and actually becoming a personal trainer. <laughs> you did that on purpose, by the sound of it. It's like, right, this is what I need to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just break it slowly. Excellent, excellent. That it's it, it's been an absolute pleasure. How 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 can people contact you? Get hold of you? What's the, what's all your um stuff? So my main my HQ would be Instagram, um, which is at Project Goliath. But I've got a website now, which is Doctor Emil. So D O C T O R E M I L dot com. Um, and I, my video, which I put out recently, is my name is Um So a few places, they all lead to the same endpoints. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, thank you again, Emil, and may you go from strength to strength. Although you got tons of strength, mate. But hey, we all need more strength. <laughs> Never enough strength. Thank you so much. All right, lovely. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to this installment of the Surgical Spirit podcast. For all the latest in the world of Surgical Spirit, don't forget to follow on Twitter at The Third Eye Doc and catch me on Facebook at the page The Third Eye Doctor. You can visit the website at www.thethirdeyedoctor.co.uk for more information on the work that I do. And please send us feedback and questions and suggestions for the podcast. It's always a pleasure to hear from you. I've been Dr. Haider Al-Hakim and I'll see you next time.